Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord? Today we are looking in the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, chapter number 3, began reading with the first verse today. The Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and he said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth, from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he had said that he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Father, I thank you for your incredible word. Father, I just pray today, Lord, that you will open up your word to our understanding today. Father, I pray that you will give us ears upon our heart, Father. And God, I pray that we will not only be hearers of your word, but God, I pray that we will take what we have received today and we will apply it to our everyday life. God, I believe that people are going to get some answers uh, from questions that they have had and been Uh, Trying to work through, the answers are going to come today through the word of the Lord. Do your perfect work in this place, we ask in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, today is week three as we take a journey through the book of Jonah. Now, so far in chapters 1 and 2, we've witnessed Jonah's rebellion and disobedience as he refused to go to Nineveh, refused to pronounce judgment upon the people of Nineveh as God had instructed and called him to do. Jonah instead chose to board a cruise ship and head toward Tarshish for a little R&R. God sees him and God says, oh no you don't. The Bible says that God sent a storm. And the storm was so severe that it frightened everyone on the ship. Frightened them to the point that they cast lots or, or they drew straws to determine who it was upon the ship that was responsible for the storm. And Jonah drew the short straw. 
And it's determined, and correctly I might add, that, that Jonah's God is trying to get his attention. And the Bible says that Jonah is tossed overboard. And the Bible says that God had prepared a large fish, a large fish, and a large fish came by and swallowed Jonah and housed him for three days and three nights. The Bible says that Jonah prayed, that, that Jonah reached out to God. The Bible says that Jonah repented. And the Bible says that the fish swam close to the shore and vomited him up onto the shore. Now, all I have to say is, Hollywood has nothing on God. And now, page three. Chapter three opens up by saying, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Today we're going to talk about the call. See, I believe that God has placed a call on every life. See, when we talk about the calling of God, we talk about somebody having a call. The, you know, the, the, the only thing we can ever think about is some preacher, some pastor, or some evangelist, or some missionary that, that they have a call upon their life. But let me tell you that God does call pastors. He does call evangelists. He does call missionaries. But let me tell you that God has a call on your life as well. God has placed a call on every single life. And I believe that God has a specific purpose or a design for every single individual. Because you see, with God, there are no accidents, there are no coincidences. So I want us to go through this third chapter of the book of Jonah. And I want us to, to, to pick out, there, there are six things that I want to call your attention to. There are six things that I, that, that I can see relating, that relates to the call uh, uh, that Jonah received. But I believe it also relates to the call that is on your life, the call that is on my life today. So let's get started this morning. First of all, let me suggest that it's a personal call. It's a personal call. Verse 1, the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Notice it doesn't say that the word of the Lord came to Jonah and, and to Jack and to Jim and to John. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. See, some things God calls everybody to do. See, see God calls everybody to obey his written word. That, 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 is a, that is a call that goes out to every single individual. Everybody that names the name of Christ are called uh, to obey uh, the scripture, to obey what the word of the Lord says. That, that's a call that goes out to everybody. Amen. But there are some things that God calls individuals to do. See, nowhere does it say that God called anyone else but Jonah to deliver his message of judgment on this wicked city of Nineveh. You can't find anywhere that anyone else besides Jonah was called to this specific message and ministry. And I want you to notice that when Jonah refused to go to Nineveh, and when Jonah refused to deliver God's message, what did God do? Did, did God say, all right, Jonah's not going to go, so I'm going to call Bill, or I'm going to call George, or I'm going to call Jack, or I'm going to call Jim? No, God went to work on Jonah. And God turned him every which way but 
loose. And when God was was through working on Jonah's rebellion, Jonah was more than willing to go. I believe that God has a call on your life, and I believe that God has a call on my life. Now, for me, uh, for me, my call includes, it's, it's not my entire call, but my call includes being a pastor. But not only does my call include being a pastor, but it, it includes being your pastor. God hasn't just called me to be a pastor, but he's called me to lead the grace place. He has called me to be you, your pastor. And yet that's not my only call. He has also called me to be Dawn's husband. And he's called me to be Chad and Krista's dad and Briley and Addie and Ellie's pawpaw. He's called me to lead them spiritually. He's called me to lead them by example. And no one can answer this call besides me. Because I'm the husband and I'm the father and I'm the pawpaw. And so no one can take my place and no one can fulfill this particular call besides me. I believe God has called you. I believe that God has put a particular, a a personal call, amen, on your life. And it is a call that no one but you can fulfill. You see, there are certain lives and there are certain lessons in these lives that no one can reach and no one can teach besides Notice the second thing that we can learn from Jonah's call. It it also was a a persistent call. A persistent call. Verse 1, the Bible said, The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Notice the second time. The second time. You you might ask me, Pastor, how how do I discern the voice of the Lord? How, how How do I determine whether or not a voice that I have heard is from God or not? Well, that's a whole, a whole lesson in and of itself. But one way to discern God's voice is persistence. Right. See, too much pizza before you go to bed at night might cause you to dream and hear voices. And you might not want to change your whole life because of too much pizza before you went to bed. So it's very important that we determine and, and know how to hear the voice of God and know how to hear uh, and know the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. And one way to determine if a dream or an inner voice you heard was God or not is to put it through this test. Does this dream, does this desire, does this inner voice continue to recur? If it only happened once and then it, and then it just evaporated from your life and totally gone, it probably wasn't the Lord. But if this thing keeps propping, popping up in your heart, oh, oh, if this thing keeps coming up in your spirit, oh, if it even starts to surface through, through what godly, reliable people say to us, it's probably God. Pastor Steve and Priscilla are are going to plant a church in New York City in the next few months. 
The last Sunday of June will be their last Sunday here, and then they'll be moving immediately to New York and trying to build a team and trying to get things going. And I think on Easter Sunday the following year, they'll actually have their launching service. This was something that God placed in their hearts separately before they were even married, over 12 years ago. But it never left their heart. It would come, it would go, they would think about it, they would dismiss it, it would come, it would go, but it never left them permanently. And one day, Pastor Steve was in my office and we were discussing his future. And we had this kind of a relationship. And we were discussing his, his future. And in the middle of our conversation, I asked him uh, if he had ever considered planting a church sometime in his future. And he said that when I said that, he immediately remembered his call to New York City. You see, God's call and God's timing are two separate Now, God called me to Arlington before I was ever born. It was part of what God's plan was for my life. But God took me through 30 years of training to prepare me for this particular place. Took a lot of training to get me ready for you people, I tell you. Maybe you're here today and and you're like Jonah was. God called you to do something for him. But but for whatever reason, maybe it was fear, maybe it was rebellion, maybe it was sin, maybe it was a family issue or, or something else. Whatever, for whatever reason, you like Jonah ran away from God's call. Well, guess what? Here it is again. Verse 1, the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. For Jonah, it took a second call. For you, for you, this might be your third call. It might be your fourth call. It might be your twelfth call. But listen, let me tell you that God's call is a persistent call. God is persistent in His calling. Romans 11 verse 29 tells us that God's gifts and God's call can never be withdrawn. If you've run away from God's call, you, you, you may have temporarily disqualified yourself for the moment. But let me tell you that that original call is still in place. And you can run from God and you can backslide, backslide and get away from God. But let me tell you that when you come back to God, let me tell you that the call that was originally upon your life, that call is still there. And although God may not be able to use you exactly the way that he originally planned and intended, but yet, even though you chose to disobey, even though, oh, you ran away from, 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 from the call of God, after true repentance and a time of restoration, God can still use you. He can still use you somewhere, somehow, in some capacity. The call is still in place. Notice another thing we can learn from Jonah's call. That was that it was a particular call. Let me know that God is into details. God is into details. God has specific things that he wants to do with our lives. Let's read verse 2 and 3 again. 
God said, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Notice that God sent Jonah to a specific city with a specific message. See, God has called me not just to be a preacher, not just to be a pastor, but he has given me a particular and a specific assignment. I I think we don't hear enough teaching and ministry on this. I, I, I think that, you know, we just think one size fits all in the ministry, but I believe that God uses different ministries and different ministers for different things. That's the reason why God will lead one out and another in. Now, I don't think God is schizophrenic. And so when the pastor leaves after two and a half years, because, you know, he bumped heads with somebody, I don't, and he calls it God, it's probably not God. He just probably doesn't have, he has thin skin. But I believe that God has a particular and a specific message and ministry that he wants to use each individual in. He wants us to be specialists. God has called me, as I said, not just to be a preacher, not just to be a pastor, but he has given me a particular or a specific assignment. And my life's assignment as a minister, here it is. In no order, but number one, build a missions, a great mission-sending church. That's the call of God that is upon my life to to build an incredible missions-sending church. My life assignment includes healing hurting and wounded people. And as I look back, especially the last 25 years of my ministry, all of the people that God has sent me that were wounded, that were hurting, that were disillusioned, The churches that either had split or was divided. That's where God's placed me in the last 25 years. My life assignment in ministry is to restore faith and confidence in the ministry. Because we have all these guys, you know, Giving Christianity a black eye with their affairs and their extravagance and their flamboyance and their lack of integrity. Where people look at the church and say, Why in the world would I want to be associated with the church? It's a mess. I'm not saying that I'm perfect this morning. I'm, I'm far from it. But I believe one of the one part of my life assignment is to restore faith and confidence in the ministry. And then finally, my life assignment includes mentoring through example. Mentoring through example. That's my, that's my assignment. What's yours? And every time I talk about this, people say, oh, sure glad pastor knows what he's supposed to do. Sure glad he knows what his life assignment is. Well, you know, oh, I sure wish I knew what mine is. Well, get to looking. Yeah. Yeah. 
What's in your hands and what's in your heart, you'll find your life assignment. Not brain surgery. God has called you to a particular calling. God has a Nineveh and God has a message picked out for you. Hey, hey, maybe God hasn't called you to be the next Billy Graham. But what if God has called you to raise the next Billy Graham? Maybe your purpose is not to do the grand and the great and the magnificent. Maybe your purpose is to be the mother or the father of a child that is going to grow up and do the great and the grand and the magnificent. Hey, maybe the call of God upon your life, amen, is to help somebody else reach their dream. I, I love the story of the old farmer that noticed a turtle sitting on top of a fence post. And the old farmer chuckled and he said to the turtle, it's obvious, you didn't get up here all by yourself. I believe God wants to take people places. I believe God wants to do great and grand and glorious things with people. But it's going to take a lot of people coming behind them and a lot of people coming beside them. Amen. Maybe God hasn't called you to be that person to do that. But maybe God has called you to come alongside. Maybe God has called you to be an Aaron or a her. You're not Moses. You're not the one with the rod. You're not the one extending the rod. You're not the, the power man. But you're the Aaron or you're the her. You're the one that's holding up the hands of the man of God. So that the man of God can hold up his hands. So God can work through the man of God alright let's go on notice something else we can learn from Jonah's call it was a perplexing call verse 4 and 5 said Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Here's the problem. Jonah didn't really mind the message. He didn't really mind the message that God, the message of judgment. He didn't really mind the message that was laid on his heart to give to the Ninevites. That wasn't the problem. The problem was Jonah hated the Ninevites. (laughs) And he knew that if he went and preached judgment, they might repent. And he knew God... And knew God, if they repented, God would forgive them. He didn't want them forgiven. He wanted them wiped out. He wanted them to be judged. He wanted the wrath of God to fall on them. He wanted them to be destroyed because because the Ninevites were the enemy. They were the enemy. And they were a threat. Well, guess what? Things don't always turn out the way we want them to. God's call on our life is not always easy and it's not always pleasant. At least not in the beginning. 
God's call is usually accompanied with more than our share of struggle and difficulty and hardship. Today, people walk into the grace place and they look around at all of the people and they look at the cool building and they look at the well-oiled machine as my brother called this place after he visited. And they look and they walk in this place and they, wow, this is awesome, wow, this is incredible, wow, this is, this is, this is something else. Oh, but let me tell you, it didn't look like this 12 years ago. And I don't want to come off some type of complainer or bragger. But the truth is, nobody has a clue how hard my wife and I worked the first two years after we came here. You have no clue what it took to close Bethel Christian School after 35 years. You have no clue. No clue. You have no clue as to, the, as to the stress. A member of this church got me in the corner and said, I guess you know you're walking into a hornet's nest. That's a nice welcome. <laughs> Later I found out this person was the hornet. You have, I'm not whining, I'm just telling you, I want to get my point across. You have no idea the stress and the anguish that I experienced for an entire year as we built this building. I had a stress knot on my shoulder as big as a golf ball and as hard. And I'd go to Dr. Manley and he'd, man, he needed a jackhammer. I said, man, you're tight. Man, this is, that's hard. Not whining, not crying. I'm just telling you. Was it worth it? Yeah. Am, am, I, am I glad it happened? Absolutely. Would I do it over again? Yes, yes, yes. Am I relieved that it's behind us? Absolutely. Don't think that just because God called you to something that that guarantees you smooth sailing. Some of the most difficult times of my ministry took place when I was right in the center of the will of God and I was walking in absolute obedience to God. And let me tell you that some of my biggest fans in this church today didn't like me much 12 years ago and didn't mind telling me. Let me tell you, God doesn't always call us to what we want to do. He calls us to what He wants us to do. (laughs) But before He's finished with us, He usually turns it into what we want to do. At least, that's been my experience with God. All right, let's look at yet another. I've got to hurry this morning. Let's look at another. Thing that we can learn from Jonah's call. Number, number five, it was a partner, partnering call. Oh, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. 
Verse 4 through 9, I'm, I would have read it, but I don't have time, but you can read it. But, but it just seems to me when I'm reading through this and as I read between the lines, God, God must have already been working on the heart of the Ninevites and their king because, because from the very first day that Jonah showed up, oh, from the very first time that he preached, oh, they believed and they responded to his message. Here's the good news this morning. God doesn't call us to do anything alone. Oh, God partners up with us in the call. And before God send us, sends us into the call, he goes in there first through his Holy Spirit and he prepares the way for us. Woo, that's good. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 2 and 3, God says, I will go before you. And I'm going to make the crooked places straight. And I'm going to break in pieces the gates of bronze. And I'm going to cut the bars of iron. And I'm going to give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. That you may know that I, the Lord, oh, who called you by your name, am the God of Israel. Let me tell you, whatever God has called you to, let me tell you, He hadn't called you to go in by yourself. He hadn't called you to go in alone. Let me tell you that God has already gone before you. God has already walked in front of you. God has already been there, and He's begun to prepare the heart, and He's begun to prepare the life. Amen. Of those people that are going to come into alignment with you, and alignment with your vision, and alignment with what God wants to do in and through your heart and your life. God is at work today. He's in front of you today. He's not behind you. He's in front of you. He's plowing the way. He's making a way. And when you get there, you're going to know God's already been there. I'm preaching so good, I'm going to ask for a raise next board meeting. I am, man. I'm going for it. Amen. Here's what we need to understand. God's busy. God's not just up there in heaven twiddling his thumbs, wondering what he, you know, just wondering what they're going to do. No, no, no. God is busy. He's aligning circumstances. Oh, oh, he's aligning situations. He's softening hearts. He's preparing people to respond. Hope you don't get tired of hearing this story. I'm, you know, when you get older, you just tell stories over. So here I go. But some of you have never heard this story before, but I, I love it. Twelve years ago when I first got here, I told you that we needed, we, needed, we needed two miracles and two miracles. And I said we need to pray for favor. I said we need to pray favor. We need to pray for favor with a builder and favor with a banker. How many remember that? Those of you, the 35 people here that were here there 12 years ago. I said we've got to pray for favor with a builder and favor with a banker. And here we are praying for favor for, for God to send us a builder and God to send us a banker. And a few weeks later, a banker I had never met in my life walked into my office in the old Bethel Christian school building. How did he ever find it anyway? If you're familiar with that old property of ours, how did he find it? I mean, sure, the front building, but yeah, no, we're, we're invisible, right? In the back, you couldn't even, nobody even knew that building was back there unless somebody told them or they'd been back there. And here I am in my little makeshift office back there, and, 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 here, and, and here, uh, uh, here walks in a, a banker, and he announces to me, I want to be your banker. <laughs> Knowing the financial condition of the church at the time, and even though I was praying for favor with a banker, like Sarah did when, when told a miracle was coming her way, I laughed. I'm Lindsay Pouncey, I'm from Arlington National Bank, and I want to be your banker. And I laughed. 
I said, you may not want to be our banker when I tell you the financials. I said, I'm not going to give you a song and a dance. I'm going to tell you up front exactly because that's just what I do. But besides that, you're a banker. You're going to find out any sooner or later now. And so I said, after you find the fi- see the financials, you may not want to be, one of my, not want to be our banker. But let me tell you, fast forward, that man gave us a, a loan that after he made the loan and it was sealed and signed and done, I said, I wouldn't have given us that loan. <laughs> When we had our first service in our first new building over here, uh, we, I told my wife, I said, we either grow or I go to work because we can either pay my salary or we can pay for the church building, but we can't pay for both. God also brought a builder to me that, that built our first building for $65 a square foot when everybody else I talked to wanted $100 a square foot. God impressed upon me to get prayers going up for favor with a builder and favor with a banker because he had already picked us out a builder and a banker. He was already preparing the heart of the builder and the banker and prayer brought the three of us together. Pastor, do you really believe that? Absolutely, I'll go to my grave believing that. And let me tell you this morning that God is at work in your life right now. Oh, He is aligning situations and He is orchestrating circumstances and He is preparing hearts. Oh, getting people ready to help you fulfill your God-given purpose and destiny. God is already aligning people and getting them ready, amen, to put in your life. Before Jonah ever arrived in Nineveh, God was already there preparing their hearts for Jonah's message. And the moment Jonah opened his mouth, his very first message was received and acted upon. I don't think he was that good a preacher. God had already worked on their hearts. Hey, some of you won't, you won't witness to anybody because you're afraid of rejection. Stop being afraid of rejection. Start being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And understand, I'm not saying everybody, but if you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and you are willing to witness, amen, God will set somebody up. He'll align the circumstance and the situation and make them cross your path. And if you'll be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, God has already worked in their heart. God has already been working and stirring in their heart. And all you got to do is just start telling them your story and tell them about what Jesus has done and what Jesus has, and how Jesus has changed your life. And they'll receive it and they'll accept it. I didn't say knock on every door and go door. I said be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and ask God, amen, to give you an assignment and ask God to align your circumstance and situation and be ready and God will do it. All right, I'm going to skip a whole page. Is that good? I figured you'd shout on that one. It was blank anyway. All right, let's look at the last thing we can learn from Jonah's call. It's a productive call. Verse 10. Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. I suggest God doesn't sponsor any flops. 
God never strikes out, and he never fumbles the ball. And if God is truly in something, it will succeed. I didn't say it would break every record or soar to unrealistic heights or make you rich. I said it, was, it would succeed. Isaiah 55 and 11 says, God says, my word will always, how often? My word will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. It will prosper everywhere I send it. Get the worship team back in place this morning, please. In John chapter 21, the story, the story is recorded where the disciples decide to go fishing. See, things were not going very well for them in the disciple business at the moment, so Peter decided, hey, I know how to fish. I'll be successful there, and I go fishing. But things didn't go very well for him there either. I mean, the Bible says that after fishing all night long, they didn't even catch one single fish. And the Bible says that Jesus showed up about daybreak, and Jesus told them to cast their net on the right side of the boat. He's talking to Peter here, you know. Open your mouth, insert foot. Peter, you know. I can't, ima- I, 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 I can't believe. Maybe they just didn't give us all the details, but I can't imagine him doing this. But the Bible says that he just, he just did what Jesus told him to do. I mean, I can imagine him saying, hey, love you, Jesus. Love you, bro. <laughs> love you, but, you know, you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. You know, you don't, I won't tell you how to build cabinets. You don't tell me how to fish. And, and, and what, are you, what are you talking about, Jesus? Casting it on the right side. We've been here all night. Do you think we have not tried the right side of the boat? After 47 casts on the left side, don't you think we tried the right? There's no doubt they had alternated the net from the right side to the left all night long. But, but Peter didn't argue with Jesus, like I said, which is a miracle in and of itself. And as soon as they obeyed the call of the Lord, their net became filled with fish. Now, now I'm not going to stop here and, 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 and preach some materialistic gospel of prosperity. I, I, I can't promise you uh, that you'll always have uh, nets that are full. And I can't promise you that God will never allow you to endure the disappointment of empty nets. But I do believe, and I speak out of experience, that when we enter into God's call for our life, when we align our life with God's will, when we say yes to God, and his specific will on our lives, when we become who he created us to become, when we go where he has told us to go, when we do what he's told us to do, when we say what he has told us to say, we will discover that his call is definitely a productive call. Would you stand with me this morning, please? My question for all of us here today is this. Will we say yes to God's call on our life? It it might be a general call to do what He expects everyone to do. Say, Pastor, I don't understand because, you know, you say God called you specifically and told you to do this, 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 and this, and I hear other people saying they're called to this or that or something else and I don't hear anything and I don't know, I don't have a clue. Well, 
It just could be. You've never, ex- you've never answered the general call. Why should God give you something specific to do when you haven't even done what he said he wrote down? So you, so you, so you couldn't have an excuse. So you, you didn't have to you know, be some spiritual person or hear some voice or have some dream or get some vision. All you had to do is just open the book and read it. So we try to make the will of God something magical or mystical or hard. All we got to do is open the book and read it, and we'll find out what the will of God is for our life. That's the general. Until we do the general, until we obey the general call, we're not going to get a specific call. Maybe it is a specific call into a specific ministry or to align yourself with a certain ministry. Or to volunteer in a specific ministry like the care ministry or the youth ministry or Royal Rangers or girls ministry or, or, or the list goes on and on and on. Maybe you don't know what God is calling you into, but today, today you're willing to say, God, I don't know what you want specifically for my life. God, I don't know exactly and precisely what you want to do with me, but God, I just say yes. You don't even have to reveal it to me, God. You don't even have to tell me, God. I just say, yes, whatever it is, God. Whatever it is. If it's Nineveh, okay. Maybe you're here today, and like Jonah, you said no to his call. Today, like Jonah, you are are now willing to say yes to what you once said no to. I'm simply saying today, if you are willing to say yes to God's call, whether you know what it is or not, you are willing to say yes to God's call. God, whatever that call is, if you're willing to say yes to God's call, I want you to step out from where you're at this morning and just come to this altar and just stand in the front this morning. God bless you. Thank you. Come on. not asking you to be a pastor and evangelist. Your call might to be a wife and a mother. Maybe your call is to be a youth sponsor. Maybe God is calling you. I know God's calling some of you to the landscape ministry. I know he is. I know Ricky Lewis would come in alignment with me on that one. Are you willing to obey God? Are you willing to to say yes to God, whatever the call is? If you are, come on down. Thank you for not just doing this just for me but I would assume that everybody that loves Jesus would be at this altar this morning as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed just for a moment this morning I do not in a a, a building this size this morning I know law of averages tells me there are several people here today that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life and you have never answered the greatest call of all and that's the call of salvation so as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed all over this room today, if you've never answered the call of salvation, you've never said yes to Jesus in the area of your salvation, and today you want to yield your life to Christ, you want to repent of your sins, you want to ask Jesus to become Lord and Master and Savior of your life, you want to be saved today, you want to answer the call of salvation today, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand really high and wave at me this morning so that I, I, I you get my attention. 
If, if, if you're not answering this call, don't worship. Don't raise your hand for anything else right now because I don't want to mistake anyone. Thank you in the back. God bless you. Thank you over here to my side. Thank you. God bless you. How many others this morning? I want to answer the call for salvation today. Thank you. God bless you. How many others this morning? That's three this morning. How many others? I want to answer the call of salvation today. All right, if you're here today to answer the call to salvation today, I want you to pray this prayer for me, praying it from your lip, from your heart, not just from your lips. I want everyone to pray it so that no one is singled out. But you that lifted your hand, you must pray this and mean this prayer. This prayer is, is not a magical prayer. Prayer, the, the prayer, the avenue, that doesn't save you. What saves you, what saves you is trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, placing your faith, your trust, your hope, your confidence in what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross for your salvation. That, your faith in what Jesus did for you, that is what saved you. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I ask Jesus Christ, who I believe to be the Son of God, I ask Him to forgive me of my sin. Wash my sin in His blood. I place my faith, my trust, my hope, my confidence, not in myself, but in what Jesus did for me on the cross. I repent of my sin. I claim Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you meant it with all of your heart this morning, I believe God heard you. I believe that God saved you. I believe the Bible says you need to be baptized in water. We're going to be doing that in a few weeks. You could just look at your connection card and check it off that you want to be baptized in water. Water baptism doesn't save you but it announces your salvation. And I, and I strongly urge you, Jesus commands you to be water baptized. Father, I just pray today for each one here today, Lord, that has come today. God, they come, they're coming here this morning as an act of surrender. They have surrendered, Lord, their will to your will. God, they have said, not my will, but your will be done. They have answered the call today, whether the call is to salvation, whether it is a general call to obey all of the word of the Lord, whether it is a specific known call that they know that is upon their life. Maybe it is full-time ministry. Maybe it is to be a sponsor. Maybe it is to be a helper. Maybe it is to be an Aaron or a her. Maybe it is to help someone else. But God, whatever that call is, God, I, I thank you, Lord, that they have said yes to it. And God, I just pray for those that do not know what their call is and do not know what their purpose in life is. God, I pray that you will reveal their their purpose. God, help them to look in their heart and help them to look in their hands and see and notice that what you have placed in their heart and what you have placed in their hands, Lord, is a good clue as to what you want to do with them and what you want to do in their life. And God, they can use what is in their heart and they can use what is in their hands. 
God to further the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can use them in an incredible way. Lord, they can, they, they can reach people that the preacher will never, never ever reach. They sit across the desk or the cubicle from someone every single day that, that, that will never come to church. They'll never, I'll never meet them. I'll never know them. They'll never tune into a radio or TV preacher. But Lord, they, Lord, as you, as you soften their heart and as you work on their heart, God, and then you can, you, you can put in their heart. Now's the time. Say something about Jesus. Tell somebody. You can put them there in their life, God. You can set, set them up and you can align the circumstances and the situations. And I pray that you will, Father. In Jesus' name. God, I pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship him in song this morning.